0: Welcome to the Journey Living Podcast, where we take on the real-life topics while inspiring you toward hope and healing in God's Word. Join Pastor Mark Byrd, along with speaker, Christian Life Coach, Shannon Meyer, as they guide you through a roadmap, gaining fresh vision and inspiration for going forward on your journey, encouraging you to run your race with endurance that is set before you. Hello, friends. Mark here. I'm with Journey Living, and I'm here with Shannon Meyer today, and we are bringing you another podcast, another day in the life, and an episode of what this journey looks like with Christ. Shannon, welcome to the studio today.
1: Well, thanks, Mark. I am so excited to be here because we are talking about one of my favorite books in the Bible, and that is the book of Nehemiah. I think I resonate with Nehemiah a lot because of his leadership. He's a doer, he's a mover, and a shaker, but he also has... Has the heart for his people and for the Lord, and so I just want to give some content to where we're headed today. Um, Nehemiah, who's returned from exile in Babylon, he gives up his day job as cupbearer to the king of Persia, Artaxerxes, to become governor of Jerusalem. Uh, so it's the year forty-four, four hundred forty-four BC, when Nehemiah goes to Jerusalem. It's about a hundred years after the return. Of the first exile so any of you in bible study and know about the exile the time of exile in babylon so interesting nehemiah led the people though at this particular time in repairing the walls of jerusalem who have who had had it torn down and with ezra um came alongside and just helped with leadership in this project um nehemiah pours out his heart to the lord and, and what i love for myself and mark for you Leadership can be lonely. Oh, Leadership amen. can be very lonely, and if you, it's just a few short chapters in Nehemiah, but it's a great way to assess a situation and where God may have you headed if you're if you're looking for um, just wisdom. And, and it goes and talks about where Nehemiah gets on his horse by himself and he goes and he he researches. He goes and looks at the ruins of the wall, but then it's there. He it says in first. Chapter um, verse four, it says, he cries out to the Lord. He said, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And he then laments over this incredible prayer. But let me just start in verse five, just the beginning of this prayer, and then we're going to get into our teaching today. It says the Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God. So Nehemiah is just pouring his heart. To the Lord, telling the God how great He is. He goes on to say, Who keeps His covenant of love with those who love Him and obey His commands. Let your ears be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. And He goes on to t- confess the sins of the Israelites. But what is so exciting about this book is this, and for those of you who have a heart to just serve the Lord, and you know just as well as Mark and I do, is how easily the enemy will come to distract you.
0: No, oh, amen.
1: And it's in, it's in chapter six where we are going to hone in today, and he has some enemies that are some funny names, Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, where they are taunting Nehemiah to come down and to talk to them he they've sent messengers ahead they they're trying to get him off course of what God has put in his heart to do and I know Mark and you can probably speak to this too as well that you God when God gives you something he'll download something in you and you set out on mission to do it the enemy will very creatively send people even church people alongside of you to distract you to a wrench in the wheel so to speak but I love, love, love what Nehemiah says. In chapter 6, uh, in verse 3, it starts here. But they were scheming to harm me, meaning Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. So I sent messengers to them with this reply. I'm carrying on a great project, and I cannot come down. Why should I stop the work while I leave and go down to you? So Nehemiah is telling them, I'm not going to come down. I am busy about my father's work. You are not going to distract me. And it says, four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. Then the fifth time Sam Ballot sent his aid to me with the same message, and in his hand was an unsealed letter. And it goes on to talk about this in that letter But I love Nehemiah's heart, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Maybe you're in ministry. Maybe you're just a mom that is at home trying to raise up godly little people. You're trying to um, raise a family. You've got a business. Maybe it is in church ministry. Wherever, we're all called to be preachers of some sort, right? We're evangelists and to teach the Word of God. But I love when God's person in the Bible says, you know what? don't bother me. I'm busy about (laughs) the Lord's work. And so Mark, let's dig in. Let's dig in with the scripture. I know that was kind of a long introduction, but I wanted to give you some context of who Nehemiah was, because if you've never heard about him, great story. I would encourage you to get in there. Great chapter and just study it, pull it apart and ask the Lord what he has for you to do. Maybe it's not rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, Maybe it's not that. But it might be to rebuild the walls of your marriage, of your finances, of relationships with your children. Maybe it's to recalibrate your career. Where is God taking you? And while he takes you through that process, like he did Nehemiah, he will teach you who to gather around you. He's going to teach you how to do it. And then when the distractions come and the enemy, I promise you, with 110% 110% certainty he will come
0: <laughs> right. to distract you. Yes,
1: This is what we're going to learn today. Mark, tell us, what um, does the word say?
0: And by the way, Shannon, that was a great introduction, so <laughs> don't apologize for that. But what's interesting to me personally is I love the fact that what you're sharing is so true because from a personal standpoint, like we are all at war and Israel was at war. Why did they it. have a sword in one hand? Cause they were at war. Right. And, and what you mentioned earlier in that Sharon, you said, sometimes God uses church people. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to change that and go most of the time, God, you, <laughs> the devil uses church people yes, is what I, what does. I should say. But I want to take us to Luke chapter two. And this is interesting because this is a, goes right along along with the theme verse that we talked about today, Shannon, what our theme is and I'm starting in verse 46 now. So it was that after three days, they found him in the temple. This is Jesus. Uh, basically in context, his mom and dad lost him, (laughs) right? (laughs) right? And they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to him and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at the understanding and his answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Think about that for a second. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like you did this to it. Like you, you offended us. Wow. Like, cause I'm sitting in the temple teaching. Right. <laughs> but think about this for a minute as a mom and a dad, like, okay, it's sure. something we would say, Shannon. Uh, and look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. Okay. And he said to them, honestly, he was surprised by this comment. Right. And he said, verse 49, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? Mm, so now good. did, did Mary know, and let's break this down for a second. Did Mary know that he was the son of God? She did. She knew. Absolutely. She knew what his mission was. He came to save his people. She knew the scripture, but guess what? In the midst of it, in our, I'll say this, in our naturalness and in her motherhood, she's worried about her son which is totally valid. But he's saying, why would you be surprised that I'm uh, about my father's business? Now, here's what I want to point out here in verse 50. But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Hmm. He said, didn't you know that I should be about my father's business? And they didn't understand what he was talking about.
1: Interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, very interesting. All right, now let's let's flip
0: over to John chapter 4. Right. And uh, this is when Jesus is in the midst of the conversation with the woman at the well. And if you remember in context, I'm not going to read it all for time's sake, but uh, basically Jesus told his disciples, I have a need to go to Samaria. And they were like, well, then we're out of here. We're going to go to town. We're going to get something to eat because they didn't like the Samaritans. Okay. So the disciples left. Now it's time for them to come back. He's been ministering to the woman at the well, picking up in verse 34. uh, Well, let's go to 33. Therefore, the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him anything to eat? Well, of course, Jesus knew what they were talking about. And he said to them, verse 34, which is where my focus is, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Okay. It's almost like a repeat He said, I'm about my father's business, my food. He said, what feeds me Mm -hmm. is that when I am about my father's business and when I'm doing the work that God called me to do. Right. Remember, Joseph and Mary, they didn't understand what he was talking about. Right. Do you think the disciples knew what he was talking about? Uh, You know, that could be debated. (laughs) It, It really could, honestly. But you know what? This is what I'm talking about. Many times Jesus spoke things and the people that were physically standing right there with him, they didn't understand what he was talking about. And so the very last thing. So here he tells Mary and Joseph, I have to be about my father's business. He tells his disciples, my food is to do the will who sent me. And now I want to turn us to Matthew 28 and verse 18. Okay, when we talk about the Great Commission, a lot of times this verse isn't quoted in that, but I believe that it is. Well, because in my Bible, there's a subtitle here. No, but the truth is, I believe that verse 18 is that very thing. And I think it fits the concept and the theme of what we're talking about today. Then Jesus came and spoke to him again, Matthew 28:18. all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Mm-hmm. And then he goes to speak and I give it to you now go. Do you see what I'm saying? So, so he's saying, listen, my will is to do the will of him who sent me. Now he's saying, "Now I'm giving you guys that same will, that same command, that same mission, purpose, whatever you Mm -hmm. want to call it, Shannon. And I think it fits so well with about being busy about my father's business.
1: That's good, Mark. I just am a little bit speechless because there's so much good content in there and you you always explain it so well about the word. One thing I want to pick up on is that I think we have to talk about and we can't pass over it. I think we've done a good introduction of being about the Father's work, not being distracted by it. But are we also busy to be busy Um, There's a great acronym I often teach. Busy is also the acronym for Buried Under Satan Joke. Mm. And I'll just pick on us church people for a while because um, that's what we do best, I guess, (laughs) because that's who we are. But are we so busy doing other work? I I kind of flip the script here. Not doing the work that God has truly called us to do. I'd love to pose the question to you today. Have you ever just sat with the Lord, taken inventory, and said, Lord, what is it you have for me to do? Because I think, and you and I both, you know, we've been in church most of our lives. I've come from the womb into the church. Um, For those of us that seem to, you know, have never not been in the church, It's just something said, you just do church work. And and that is right when you're raised in it. But as I lead the coalition here in our county and talk to pastors, I believe we have to separate something here. And there is what I'm seeing is busy church work. And then there's the work of Christ. Before I started and the coalition came about, I said, I wish I would have said to the pastors, Do you want to do the work of Christ? Mm. Because 2,000 years ago, it's still the same as it is today. It is. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they were keeping the rules and the laws, and they were doing the rituals and traditions. Jesus was not inside the building. Wow. I just want somebody to hear that for a minute. Jesus got out of the pew. Matter of fact, I'm not sure he sat in the pew. (laughs) He was teaching. (laughs) Yeah. He was listening, he was he was gleaning, he was learning. But then once he learned and he was about his father's business, he got busy doing that. He didn't get busy just creating new programs. What else can we do to be busy? Because I think when we there's some kind of tapping ourselves on the back that I'm busy about doing something, that may mean God must be pleased with me. Well, let me just use this metaphor. A rocking chair is always in motion, correct? When you're in it and you're rocking, but it is going nowhere. Wow. So if you are in motion for Christ, is it going somewhere? Is it producing great results for the kingdom? And as I posed that question to the pastors, there were some, pe- some people shook. And one gentleman, I spoke in a church uh, earlier this year, and he came up to the pulpit and said, he was speechless and he was tears in his eyes. And he says, church, we've got work to do. And so as we talk about being busy about our Lord's work, our father's business, I also want to talk about how busy are we just doing church work? Um, Romans 15, and I love, love, love the message version. That's always, I guess I understand the message. I read all versions, but what I love about the message version by Eugene Peterson, I don't, that's not my first go-to, but a lot of times after you read NIV and ESV, I go and then read it into layman's terms. And I always often say, I'm not always the sharpest tool in the shed, Mark, but (laughs) I get it. But you'll cut. I'll cut, but I'll cut. This is what it says in Romans 15, according to what we should be about doing. Those of us who are strong and able in faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter. Wow. And not just do what is most convenient for us. Listen, church people, what is not most convenient for us Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? Verse three, that's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waited right in and helped out. In quotes, it says, I took on the troubles of the troubled is the way scripture puts it. Even if it was written in scripture long ago, you can be sure it's written for us. God wants the combination of his steady, constant calling and warm personal counsel in scripture to come to characterize us, keeping us alert for whatever he will do next. May our dependability, steady and warmly personal God develop mature in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with all of us, then, then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony and a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master Jesus Christ. Isn't that powerful, Mark?
0: That is amazing. (laughs) I love,
1: love, love that translation and just what Jesus is saying is, listen, I didn't make it convenient for me. I got busy about my Father's work And many of you guys have heard that ministry is messy. I think Jesus got in the ditch. He didn't keep himself in the confounds, the safe confounds of the church walls. He was busy. What you're saying, Mark, he was busy about his father's work. We see in the Old Testament in Nehemiah. We see it in these verses that you have talked about here today. And I think we have to ask the question, Lord, what do you have for me to do? And I'm going to guarantee, and Mark, you can change my mind here, but I'm going to just imagine about that same 110%. God's not going to make it convenient for you. <laughs> Ooh. Wow. He's, he's not because it wasn't convenient for Christ. So why would that be convenient for us? He's going to stretch us. He's going to grow us. But he's going to also ask you to sacrifice as he sacrificed for us to be about his work he's going to ask you to give more than you have to give he's going to ask that that can be financially that could be physically i know the lord has asked things of me that i am like god i can't believe you're asking this right of i know me. i mean i i think i've talked about this before when my husband was at his worst and i i needed to shut down the ministry and the girls my girls were like mom you got to shut it down and and everybody would have given me a pass there would have been No one who would not have given me a pass. And I struggled and I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, I cannot continue this ministry anymore while he is so sick. And all I heard was at no point in time did Paul ever quit teaching the gospel when he was shipwrecked, imprisoned, or beaten. And I went, that's it? (laughs) Like, I don't even get a pass here? And it it wasn't mean, it wasn't like, C- condescending or condemning, he's just like Shannon. At no point in time did Paul ever quit teaching the gospel. That's true. So, saying, Girl, you either <laughs> get busy about my work, even in the midst of this cancer journey, even in the midst of hardship. I know you're tired. Look to me, I'll sustain you when you're empty. Come to me, and that's where I think we get in trouble. We get so busy doing our own thing is that we get so far out of whack when it's of the Lord and the Lord calls you to it, he will sustain you in his goodness.
0: Shannon, I'm chomping at the bit a little bit here, but (laughs) honestly we mentioned this in a previous episode, but more kind of so in passing. And I really want to focus on this for just a second. Uh, And because this is something that the Lord has taken me through uh, because I remember the days, which were many, where I used to say, I'm doing things for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was chastened by the Lord. We talked about that recently, Shannon. I was chastened by the Lord. And he said, I don't really need you to do things for me. I need you right. to do things with me. Right. right. Because he's a jealous God, Shannon. And it's not like... Like, why are we doing things? Right. What is the motivation? Right. And I want to give you a Bible on that because everybody right away, you know, gets some feathers ruffled because I've, I heard people and I, I see people all over social media, almost like pumping up their chest <laughs> because I'm for the Lord. I'm doing it for the Lord. Well, here's what I want to go to Matthew chapter 25, Shannon. And this is read a little bit of context in this, but starting in verse 32 and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Okay. So this is talking about an actual separation, right? And when it's talking about he that's Jesus, Jesus will separate in verse 33, he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left hand. Mm -hmm. Then the king will say to those on his right hand the sheep come ye blessed of my father inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world for i was hungry and you gave me food i was thirsty and you gave me drink I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous, okay, verse 37, catch this. The righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you a drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, surely I say to you, in as much as you did to the least of these, you did it to me. Okay. That's a pretty commonly quoted verse, mm-hmm. but what I want to have everybody hear and listen to today, verse 41, then he will say to those on the left hand, remember, those are the goats, Right. depart from me. You cursed into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Wow. Now that's scary. That's very that scary. Now, Shannon, oh. if if what we're saying is true, like if those people are doing it for the Lord right. versus those that were doing it with the Lord, if that fits here, I don't know. But let's dig into this for just a second. Verse 42. Here's what Jesus said. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him. Shannon, catch this. Their answer was exactly the same answer as the righteous. Wow. Their answer was the same. So Shannon, what's the difference? What is the difference? And they also will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will say an answer to them as assuredly as I say, in as much as you did it unto one of the least of these. Let me read that again. Then he will answer and say to them, as "Assuredly I say to you in as much as you did not do it to the one of the least of these, you did not do it unto me and these will go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into eternal life shannon i know that's pretty deep and that's pretty heavy (laughs) at the end of this but i want to throw that out there and we're talking about being about the father's business like what is
1: our motive That's so good, Mark. And yeah, you're right. It is a heavy note to end on today. But I also think it's like the word in the Bible, we see so much, Selah. You'll Mm. see that often means to stop and think about that or pause and, and meditate on that. The question posed today is, are you busy about your father's work? Are you busy about the Lord's work? What are you doing for him? This is a time of self-reflection. We hope always in our shows that you are being challenged. We hope we feed you with the Word of God. We hope we always encourage you. But I think we are in a day and age, and we've talked about this, about the tickling of ears. Mm -hmm. People are going to turn away because they don't want to hear truth. I don't know, Mark, you and I are going to stand before the Lord one day, and we are going to be held accountable. Now, I'm not in fear of that, but I also have a righteous fear that God said, I gave you an opportunity to go out on the airwaves, to go across the world online on a podcast, and you gave them some fruit and fluff. God is saying, did you do the job I had set before you?
0: And Shannon, I got to say this just real quick. So did these righteous who Jesus was talking to, did they stop? And go post it on Facebook.
1: Wow. Yeah, like a look at me.
0: Yeah, exactly. I
1: I wasn't going to say this earlier, but I feel like I'm supposed to say this. And this has been in a couple of my pastoral meetings with, with godly men in churches and, and it's tough, and this isn't for any quilt club, so please don't email me and say, I'm in a quilt club, because we have a wonderful <laughs> quilt club ministry for the elderly women who don't go out and minister, but they minister with their quilts, and they give them to needy and homeless and women's shelters, so this is not what I'm going to say, but... I think it's a time that we must come out of our quilt club and out of the pew Mm. and do what Jesus says in Romans fifteen. He went about doing good, doing he waited out into the troubles of the trouble, it says is how Jesus put it and did not make it convenient for him. So if it has to be posted or put on a platform, you might do a self check. And the other thing I I say is, are we dislocating our shoulder, patting ourselves on the back about the Lord's work? Doesn't it say, don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. Go about doing your work for him. A few weeks ago, we talked about audience of one. If Jesus was the only one in the audience, would you still be doing it for him? And would you be willing to lay your reward at his feet? Because friends, ultimately, that is what we're going to do. When we are presented with the crown of righteousness, it says in the Bible that we will lay our crowns at his feet. So whatever the the menial reward is here, let me tell you, let that go up in a puff of smoke. Because the reward that holds on, that we can hold on to in heaven for someday is the reward I'm chasing after. And for Mark and I, we are busy about our Father's work.